Welcome to the official podcast of FCS Fans Nation. Awesome. FCS Fans Nation, welcome to another episode here at the FCS Fans Nation podcast. Bison admin Matthew Frazee, I'll be doing the hosting for tonight. I've been off the last two weeks, busy with uh, family stuff, a little little chaotic here in the home of two kids under the age of two, but chaos is good as we found with the FCS here in this last week. I am joined with our Eastern Washington, one of our Eastern Washington admins, Mr. Kyler Neal, and Lauren Smith, our James Madison Fearless Duke admin. How are you guys doing tonight? Lawrence, how are you doing? I'm great. Happy to have you back. I've missed the sweet dulcets of your voice. Oh, the the oofdas and the uh, the Norwegian tones. They're they're finally back on. I listened to you guys the last two weeks. Phenomenal stuff. It, it was really really good. Um, I wish I could have been there for casserole or hot dish and a few of the other ones, but but I really enjoyed it. So I was gonna say we had a lot of Midwest you know slang language that we needed you on here for to. You know, let us know which one's right or not. Needed to throw me on, yeah. It's it's that it's that classic soda or pop debate or Coke if you're in certain areas of the country. Just crazy stuff. Go ahead, uh, just two seconds, real quick. Casserole or hot dish? You know, I have always heard it called hot dish, um, but I will say that I could be swayed. I once always called it pop, and I was swayed to soda with the argument of soda or a pop is the sound that a soda makes. You don't call a beer a psh. And I said, ah, okay, that makes sense. So um, I could be swayed, but we'll, we'll have to have that topic for another night. But so before we get started, though, Kyler, how are you doing tonight? Good, and, and I'm officially going to start calling beer psh every, every now and then. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. So thank it, you. I had no comeback, so I had, I had to concede. It was a, it was a great answer. So on to some of the FCS stuff we're going to talk about uh, today, guys, for this week. We're really going to let our page drive this conversation. It's not really a format where we have everything typed out and we have an agenda of stuff to talk about. We actually posted on our page um, asking for questions like we always do, and we got overwhelming responses from people, like lots of good discussion topics. So let's just dive right into them. Um, And let's start with I could say the elephant in the room, but let's call it the rabbit in the room. Um, That South Dakota State, after losing four points to North Dakota State, everybody is arguing, debating, going crazy, Twitter, Facebook, about them staying at the number three spot in the stats poll. So even though they lost, do they deserve that spot right now? Um, And we'll start with you, Lawrence. What what do you think as the, the James Madison fan sitting there at number two? What do you think about South Dakota State staying at number three in the stats poll? I think it's hard to punish a team for losing to uh, losing a close game to a team that's essentially an FBS team. You know, North Dakota State is ranked what fortieth in all of Division One. Um, in my stats vote this week, I did keep South Dakota State at number three. Um, and you know, I hear you guys when you say. If you lose a game, you should drop at least one place, you know, maybe two places. An FCS loss is an FCS loss. 
you know, even if it's North Dakota State, even if it's JMU. Um, but if we think about it, I know, I, you know, I've said this to you guys in our in our little group chat. Eastern Washington and South Dakota State have now each lost the most difficult game on their schedule. And they have a pretty similar strength of schedule other than that. So I have a hard time in my mind justifying Eastern being over South Dakota State purely because they played their harder game a little bit earlier in the season. And, you know, if South Dakota State had played North Dakota State the same week that Eastern played Washington State, where would that put us in the rankings now? They both lost, so would they have both uh, drop down, you know, one spot, two spots, whatever it may be, and then with their wins since then, have built back up. Um, that's kind of the way I think about it. I heard the guys on the Hero podcast today make a good point. Uh, when it comes down to it, is your poll about who has won more recently, or is your poll about who could beat who if they matched up head to head right now? And I think South Dakota State still, in my mind, I think of as having an edge over Eastern. I think they would, if they played right now this week, I think South Dakota State would win. And that's why I have them still ranked ahead of Eastern and at the number three spot. I like that take in terms of the, uh, if you were to move North Dakota State and move the Washington game for Eastern Washington. It's actually one I haven't seen. So I really enjoy that perspective. Like I haven't seen that argument be made. And I, I really like that. Um, I'd like to get the opinion of Kyler before I kind of dive in there. Kyler, what do you think about the South Dakota State, especially being an Eastern Washington fan? Uh, you guys are still at number four. Um, how do you how do you view all this with South Dakota State staying pat after losing to NDSU by four points? Well, I mean, honestly, I put them at four under Eastern. I don't mind that they're at number three. It is what it is. I think they're two really strong teams, and if they played each other right now, I'm not sold South Dakota would beat Eastern. I think it'd be a close game that could go either way. Um, I think on paper we match up actually really well with them. But to Lawrence's point on if you move the games around, it still it still wouldn't matter to me because no matter how we look at it, a Power Five loss, no like sorry North Dakota State, you're super good. You just don't compare on paper to a Power Five team who is also four and one. Um, so if you're losing to any FCS team. In my personal opinion, you should move down one. I mean, at least one. Sometimes you move down further, depending on the competition you play. But I'm I'm not for rewarding someone for a loss. Um, I'm now. I even think pushing South Dakota State down isn't, you know, um, a knock on them. I just think when you actually look at resumes, there's better resumes out there, and it's still too early in the season to say. Oh, South Dakota State is by far the number three team because we haven't we haven't seen too many conference games yet. We don't we don't know if that's true or not. Um, it looks like they could be, but I'm not sold. And then you start looking down the lines, and it's a rivalry game. They're supposed to be close. Um, they've played close with North Dakota State the last what four years. Um, they've won multiple times. Does that mean South Dakota State was better than North Dakota at the time? No, it means they know how to play North Dakota State. Um, Richmond last year, James Madison dominated everyone in the regular season. And they came to Richmond, who was, what, 4-4 four and four in the CAA? And Richmond lost by 7. Um, and to me, 4 points to 7 points 
that's the same. It's still, you lost by, you know, a full touchdown. That's what you needed to, to be able to tie it up or win. Um, was that saying Richmond is better than every other team outside of um, JMU because they played a close game and no one else played a close game with JMU? No, they were unranked at the time where they played close to their rival JMU and they were unranked after it. Like, um, I just don't get the rewarding teams um, and even giving them so much of the benefit of the doubt after a loss, no matter what. They played strong against North Dakota State. They could win out the rest of the season, and I'm totally okay with you know giving them a three seed based off of their strength of schedule. But right now, their strength of schedule, like Lawrence said, is on par with Eastern. Eastern did not just come off a loss. They're undefeated against the FCS. Um, I just don't see it, but that's just my opinion. Maybe I have my blinders on. I just personally, um, I'm I definitely lean more towards Kyler's view. Just because I'm, I'm very confused on. I don't know if I've seen a team lose in the FCS polls since I really started paying attention back in about 2009. Um, I don't really know if, if that was the time to send a statement. You know, if that makes sense. I just don't get how a team is not going to be moved down at least one. I, I view a poll as more of kind of a moving wave. As we go throughout the season, losses and wins can kind of fluctuate where you're at. What you've done is kind of taken into consideration. Um, where playoff seeding is a full, okay, this is exactly what's what we're looking at after an entire season is played. It's fun to make brackets now and say, oh, where would they be if week five ended, week seven ended? But at the end of the day, like Kyler said, I'm fine if South Dakota State is a three seed, if they finish uh, nine and one since they're incapable of getting to 10 because of the cancellation of the FBS game. But at this point, in the polls, shouldn't they move down at least a spot? Because it certainly puts stats voters in a really weird predicament if North Dakota State goes out there and uh, loses this weekend. North Dakota State goes out and loses to UNI, which is definitely possible. UNI showed they can compete with North Dakota State. Um, Then what do you do? I've heard some arguments of them still staying above South Dakota State. But what kind of messages are the stats voters sending? Is it that there's three teams in the FCS, and no matter what they do wrong, they're going to just kind of fluctuate up top, while everybody else, four down, just kind of is left to the wayside? And I think that the points of Eastern Washington having, you know, an, an at least on par resume is very valid to move them up one. At the end of the day, are we all nitpicking, and is it just something to, you know, argue about in week five? Yeah, absolutely. But it's still something wor- worthy of a discussion, I think. Let me ask you one more question kind of on this topic. So what if North Dakota State versus South Dakota State was the last game of the season? And that was the only game of the year that South Dakota State lost. And it was still by four points. You know, everything's the same. Do you penalize them still? Um, you know, even if, you know, after all that, you know, they probably still look like the third best team in the country. Do they get penalized because they played their hardest game late in the season? That's kind of always been my problem with automatically moving teams down because of a loss. Because if you lose later in the season, you know, scheduling hard games at the end of the season, it's common with, you know, rivalry games and whatnot. So do teams that have their hard games, you know, kind of a front-loaded schedule, do they get a break in that sense because they have more time to recover in the polls? I think they definitely get a break. The thing I will say is I think the playoff committee 
Um, and maybe it's not the right way to to look at it, making them two separate things, but the playoff committee always then gets it right. So we've seen Jacksonville State and Sam Houston go above North Dakota State in polls in the recent years because North Dakota State will lose to South Dakota State um, later in the season. And then going into the playoff committee's, you know, seeding process, um, you we had Jacksonville State, Sam Houston fans, you know, on our page going, hey, you know, we're up there in the polls. We're going to get it. And a lot of us said, oh, not so fast, my friend. Um, they're going to look at every single thing. So that's also a good question. Do, what what do polls really matter then at the end of the day if 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 they're so if they're looked at separately than playoff seeding, which is the entire view, which I think is more what you're looking at, Lawrence. If you were to seed them, you probably you keep them at three. Mm-hmm. Well, I yeah. think I think polls definitely influence seeding if we like it or not. Um, but to Lawrence's question, if Eastern is you know ten and one and South Dakota State is nine and one at the end of the year they lost to an FCS Eastern only lost to an FBS and you're looking at the whole schedule and maybe Eastern's beating the Big Sky by 20, um, 20 plus like they are right now on average I I still don't see how you seed the second best team over someone who's dominated um, their FCS opponent so far um, especially if it is what potentially now this could have we could lose to Southern Utah and then you know the conversation's out the window. Um, but potentially the big sky champion who has beat all their teams, their hardest game might, might be, you know, Weber next. And I'm, I'm thinking we'll probably beat them by 14 plus, And that would be a top, top six team in the nation. Um, I don't, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, as of right now, I still see it as you lost to your peer. Some of the other teams behind you that have the same strength of schedule, did not lose to their peer. Um, they they lost to a team that has tons more scholarships. They're power five. They have the money. They have the resources. Um, they're not supposed to even be competitive. We're supposed to be competitive with North Dakota State. Um, everyone in the nation should be competitive with North Dakota State. They're the best team in the FBS, but or FCS, but they're still an FCS team. Um, yeah, I mean, if it was at the end of the season you would still look at the whole body of work and maybe South Dakota state has more ranked wins. Um, if their strength of schedule is, you know, stronger at the end of the year, then I'm totally okay with them getting a, a higher seed. But as of right now, I think their strength of schedule is like either right below Eastern or, or at Eastern's and they just lost to a team that is our peer. So I just don't get it. Yeah. It'll, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out for sure. Um, We'll see what what comes of it. I personally don't see SDSU being able to run the Valley table they have this year. It's a very difficult schedule on their end. Um, They should have no problem in the next two weeks. They'll look real good against Indiana State and Youngstown State. And then it's it's brutal for them. They're going to travel to Northern Iowa. They're going to travel to Illinois State. Um, Missouri State, who's playing well, comes to Brookings, but then it's off to Southern Illinois. And the rivalry rivalry game with South Dakota, the showdown series, is at the end. So... um, I personally see them dropping at least one more throughout conference play, as they've shown they've done in the past. Uh, they've never gone through conference play without dropping at least two. And we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what comes of it. But but a lot of good points. So um, let's, uh, let's move on a little bit, though. We had a lot of other things, crazy things go on in the uh, FCS. And something that's really becoming interesting is the Southland Conference. Um, Brandon Owens, first of all, I'll give you a shout-out. appreciate the question for the South Dakota State. And we're going to move on to Brandon Cole here, who 
he's wondering if the Southland has a real shot at four playoff teams. Um, he's talking about McNeese, Nichols, UCA, and Sam Houston. And if not, how many Southland teams do you see coming out of the Southland at the end of the year? Uh, as of right now, McNeese is looking real good down there. Sam Houston, um, the year they actually made it to the championship, I believe in 2012, they had two losses to start the year. So I'm not saying they're a championship caliber team. I'm just saying it's possible they're going to bounce back. So that being said, Kyler, how do you see the Southland playing out? Possibility of playoff teams? What, what do you see out of there right now? I definitely think they'll, you know, get three teams. Um, I think Sam Houston wins out. I think Nichols has a good shot to win out. And I'm really pulling for McNeese to pull, uh, win out. And if they win out, I mean, they're looking at a potential seed, not just a playoff spot, but a potential seed. Um, but that third team, Sam Houston, even UCA, or even Nichols, I mean, one more loss could completely bring those, you know, one of those teams out. Um, but I think when you're looking at the Southland, you, and I hate to say this, um, you know, some of the smaller conferences will probably hate us, but you have to look at the the CAA, the Missouri Valley, and sometimes even the Big Sky to see where those teams fall. If some of those teams fall and they're six and five, um, then you have a better shot as a Southland team um, to maybe get in at eight and three. Um, but I mean, an eight and three with the Southland still doesn't guarantee you a spot, as we saw McNeese was nine and two last year. So I think they're going to get three, but I, I do think it depends on how the Valley looks by the end of the year, how the CAA looks by the end of the year, because the CAA looks really good. The Valley looks really good. And if the Big Sky puts in four teams, um, it's going to be really hard to get anything above two to three teams from any conference out, outside of those three. Yeah, we, we've seen the Southland have good teams with lots of wins and not make it in. And that's pretty much because the schedule has not been favorable or they haven't performed um, when they meet those big matchups. McNeese last year is a great example. They finished 9-2, and two, um, and their two losses were against Sam Houston and their other really good opponent. Uh, those nine wins was a Division II win and then just a bunch of teams that really were not even worthy of mentioning. And, you know, that, that stinks that it's a lot of their conference games, but you can see teams with big records, you know, miss out compared to four lost teams, sometimes five lost teams. So the committee looks at everything. So I think that may hurt the Southland. I think three is a max of what they're going to get in. And uh, I like what McNeese is doing now too. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say McNeese makes it further in the playoffs than Sam Houston because even when Sam Houston gets in barely, they find a way to go further than everybody else for the most part. Uh, we'll see how it plays out, but I think three is a max. Um, yourself, Lawrence, with the Southland, you kind of how many teams you view coming out of there? I agree with everything you guys have said. I think three teams is what they're going to get, probably. Um, and I think that will be reasonable. I don't think any Southland fan, except for fans of whichever team ultimately gets left out, um, which myself, I'm leaning to uh, UCA as being the team that gets left out right now. Um, you know, other than fans of that team, I think everyone will kind of agree that three teams is probably that sweet spot for the Southland. Um, UCA still has to play McNeese, which I think McNeese will take that game, um, and that'll that'll do it for the Bears. But yeah, I, I other than that, I really you guys already said everything. I don't have much to add on top of it. Perfect. Yeah, Southland. I think we're we're kind of there with with three. Um, 
would, would have to be some chaotic stuff for them to get in four. So uh, I really like this question a lot because you know what? It's, it, it's good for FCS football for this to happen. Um, Kelsey and Kyler probably aren't super pumped about it as Eastern fans, but you know what? Montana looks just back. They just look back. I know their schedule. People have questioned it maybe a little bit. They have that ranked win, though, um, over you and I, and almost got Western on the road, too. So Doug Lee wants to know, is Montana contender? And if not, how many years away until uh, Bobby and the boys get it going? Uh, Kyler, we'll start with you since you're you're our Big Sky individual. Um, Is Montana a contender this year? No. Um, if Montana got home playoff games, you better believe they're probably going to win. I think at home they can match up with just about anyone. Um, they have probably the easiest Big Sky schedule of all time this year. Um, they, they should actually win out and probably share their title with Eastern if Eastern can get past um, Weber State. But I think Montana, and I'm actually glad that they, you know, they're four and one right now. It looks like they can go ten and one. They could possibly get a seed. Um, it's it's good for the FCS. It's good for the Big Sky um, to have multiple contenders instead of you know one team that can make it deep in the playoffs each year. I think Montana's still a couple years away. Um, they still play really bad on the on the road. And if you've watched any of the Montana games, I don't know if you guys have yet. I have yet to play, yet to see them play a full, you know, game. They've played really strong two quarters, really bad two quarters. So, luckily, a majority of those games were at home, and like I said, their home field advantage is is amazing. I mean, put fourteen points on the board um, if you're going up there. Um, so, they're a couple years away. We'll we'll see what Hawk can do, um, but will we see them in the playoffs? Yes. Could we see them seated? Potentially. Would they win a home game? Yes. Are they going to lose on the road? Most likely. That's that's my thought on Montana. So really good, really good briefing. But I'll ask you this. I'll ask you this, uh, Kyler and Lawrence. Are they being disrespected a little bit in the polls, though? That would be my question because currently in the stats, and I, I agree with everything you said. I think if they end up going to North Dakota State, something like that, I know they have a lot of offensive line problems. Um, they can't put a whole game together, so I think they would struggle if they go on a road to a hostile environment. Uh, but in the polls right now, they sit at number 14. And if you just look at them, they have that win over Northern Iowa, who's currently ranked number 22. They were number 13 at the time. Nothing impressive about Drake. People were up on Sacramento State this year. They won at Cal Poly, Cal Poly which is getting a monkey off their back because Cal Poly has had their number like the last three years. And then losing at Western Illinois by only four points. And a four-point loss, as we know, pretty much counts as a win, right? Doesn't it? If you're playing so, North Dakota State. If, if you're, right, right. I had to throw it out there, though. I caught it last second. I'm like, ooh, I got I to gotta toss this in there. Um, yet they sit at 14 behind teams like 3-2 uh, and two Nichols, North Carolina A&T, who had the 0-3 the Morgan State loss. Uh, even Wofford at number seven. Like They played Wyoming close as an FBS team, but have no impressive wins. Um, are they being disrespected a little bit in your guys' minds? I I don't think so because they lost to an unranked team on the road. It was a close game. Um, it was a game they should have won if they were even a top 15 team. I think at home they're definitely a top 15 team on the road. I don't, I'm not even sold they're a top 25 team on the road, to be honest. Um, oh. So they, they just don't play good on the road. I mean, even Cal Poly, 
So they beat Cal Poly by what, 20? It was something uh, like Yes, score, they, but... they took it to Cal Poly by a final score of 48 to 28. Okay. So, um, I mean, look what North Dakota State or Eastern Washington did to Cal Poly. Those are top 10 type of teams. Um, Montana, I think, I think if, I think if they keep winning, they're, they're eventually going to be a top five, top 10 team, possibly a seed at the end of the year, like I said. Um, but I think that loss to Western Illinois, you know, it hurts them a little bit. That's why they're not in the top 10. Um, but they're still in the top 15, which is good. So no, I I think they're seated actually fine or ranked fine right now. They're going to continue to climb. Yeah, I agree. I do not think that they are being disrespected. Um, they're not even the Big Sky team that's being the most disrespected, I think. <laughs> Agreed. Because, you know, UC Davis is sitting at number 16, and I think the three of us have talked before, and pretty sure we all agree that UC Davis is probably a top 10 team. Um, if UC Davis had Montana's or Eastern's name, I would bet my life savings with their resume they would be a top four team right now. Well, and the biggest well, thing... Um, the the biggest thing to tell you that Montana isn't being disrespected is that even their own fans seem to be fine with being at number fourteen. They're not, you know. We all know Montana fans are very vocal. If if they think something, they're gonna let you know it. <laughs> so, you know, I've seen nothing but, um, you know, it seems like they're all very pleased with being number fourteen. Um, I think they just like being back in the top twenty five after you know a couple down years. Um, no, 14, 14 feels, feels good to me. It's, it's really big for them. And I think maybe they see the light at the end of the tunnel of, um, I mean, I'm sure they're not denying that their schedule may be easier in the big sky this year than most years they've had. Uh, but like Kyler said, if they're like, man, look at this schedule, who cares what the polls say? Cause the playoff committee, if we only have one loss is going to seat us, they're going to be seated out of the big sky. Um, cause the University of North Dakota, when they shared in 2016 with Eastern Washington, they they got they got seeded. They were a seeded playoff team. Um, so Montana's going to be in that same exact position if they stick where they're at. So I think, I think that's a good way of covering it in terms of expectations for Montana and where they're at. So, um, so we'll kind of move it forward a little bit. Thanks, Doug Lee, for that question. Guys, Mr. Ben, our Bears fan here on the page. Non-football, but kind of football. He's wondering, favorite tailgate, game day food, and why is it better than all other choices? So when you're sitting there, ready to watch your Dukes, watch your Eagles, what do you guys have for your favorite tailgate food? Um, Lawrence, what do you got? Most of the time, my family just keeps it simple. We go with hot dogs on the old Coleman propane grill. Uh, you know, it's, it's easy, easy to cook, easy to clean. Um, but if we're if we're really feeling things, um, we'll make pulled pork barbecue beforehand. Oh, and, uh, pulled pork! You know, take that in a in a reheatable tray and 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 heat that up and uh, have some barbecue sliders. So uh, that's that... probably my favorite, unless uh, unless of course you can get a breakfast tailgate going on, and then that's a whole other game. <laughs> I mean. I will definitely say a hot dish is not one of my favorite tailgate. <laughs> oh, come on. The dish is hot. 
The food stays hot. It's just awesome. Yeah, the casserole um, dish is hot. Oh, hey, you, you got to try it out sometime. It's just great. It's just great. Uh, so I will say, I'm kind of with Lawrence, actually. Um, bratwurst, they're like the go-to tailgate for me. You know, bratwurst or burgers. And then a keg of Rainier beer, because that's Washington for you. But yeah, if we're feeling frisky, it's either brisket or pulled pork sandwiches, like Lawrence said. I, I mean, I got to 100% agree with what he said. Boom. Great, great, great choices. Yeah, I'm, I'm, all, about, I'm all about hot dogs and burgers, uh, the basics there. But we've done this in years past. Um, pretty much everybody in our tailgate is giant. It's always sunny in Philadelphia fans. And <laughs> my cousin Justin a few times has done rum ham, and it is phenomenal. And we just scream rum ham and we rip it off and the rum is in the ham and you're just tearing it off and eating it and it liquors you up at the same time. It's a crazy combo. So there's tons of recipes for it everywhere. And uh, if you don't watch, it's always sunny. You're missing out. And yeah, rum ham is definitely up there. So uh, let's, let's move it back into some FCS football guys though. Uh, We'll go into uh, Taylor Kalenberg's question. He wants to know your biggest sleeper team in the FCS right now. So maybe let's twist this into we see who's looking at looking to be playoff contenders. Who's a big sleeper who might make a, a good run? Uh, who, do, who do you think, Lawrence? Um, so I'm looking at teams outside of the top 25. Um, I think that's probably fair. If you're a top 25 team, you're automatically a playoff contender, right? Right. Uh, in that case... You know, we can throw out Harvard, Yale, Princeton, because they're definitely not going to the playoffs. Um, I think East Tennessee State is... Ah. Did, did I steal someone's answer? <laughs> I mean, that was one of mine. You did good. I'll let you keep going on that. I'll have to find a new one. You're fine. So, I don't think they're the best team in the world, but the conference that they're in... You know, they're, they're already undefeated in conference. You know, they've set themselves up perfectly to finish the season strong, get in the playoffs, um, and, you know, make a run at things. And they play Jacksonville State. Is that correct coming up here? That's just Tennessee State. Oh, yep. I see. I, I, went, I went east Tennessee with it. Yeah, this is directional Tennessee. Directional Tennessee. Jeez. Got to get out. Got to get off the farm once in a while up here in North Dakota. Uh, Kyler, what what do you see for a sleeper team? So someone that's outside the top twenty-five. Um, man, so Colgate's probably ranked now, aren't they? Yeah, they're probably what 20, 25 now. Twenty-one. Uh, Twenty-one. They're at four and zero. Oh, yep. Because they've been kind of my sleeper pick the last couple weeks when we're deciding on, you know, could they spoil someone's surprise in the playoffs and win the first game. I think they still could. If we're looking at someone outside the top 25 um, that can possibly get into the playoffs, um, I will just go with my pick because um, we've seen the Big South get two teams before. It wasn't – I mean, it was last year the Big South got two teams. Campbell Camels, hump day. They are 4-1 and one right now. Roll humps. And just they just <laughs> dominated North Alabama, and Southern Utah couldn't even do that at home. Now, do I think the Camels will end up making the playoffs? No. But I like what I've seen from them so far this year, and I'm rooting for them. 
I don't even know if they're playoff eligible yet because don't they still have quite a bit of D2 teams on their schedule still? They're really new. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm rolling with the humps. The Campbell Camels. I love it. And for those of you who don't know, we do Hump Day every Wednesday on our FCS Fans Nation page. And that's just a post about the Campbell Campbell Camels. And we it, the greatest mascot of all time. It's just phenomenal. It's awesome. Um, I personally will throw out South Dakota and Western Illinois. I'll just throw those out as Missouri Valley teams. I think the Valley is now that conference play has started is perfectly capable of people just beating up on each other and somebody getting to six or seven wins. And if other things happen, maybe they get in, maybe they get hot. We've seen Western Illinois come in at six and five. I believe it was 2015. And um, they were the last team in and they won their first round playoff game. So not saying the Valley is better than everybody and will crush the competition. I'm just saying that it's possible that, you know, a power three team can get in and get hot. And I think that's most likely for a sleeper. Hey, the FCS should have learned by now to not sleep on a purple and gold team with a dog mascot. Yeah, (laughs) no, absolutely not. Especially the devil dogs. Sending the Marines into there, they don't worry about the odds. They don't worry about that. They're going in hot. So, all right, guys, next one here. If you could see any three artists or bands alive or dead at concert right now, who would they be? This is from our good friend Chris Hammond. So we got we got to answer this. This has got to be a good one. So who wants to go first? Kyler, you want to name three dead or alive bands that you have not seen or I, artists? Before, before you answer, Kyler, I think we should go about this a different way. Ooh. All right. Because you don't go to a concert by yourself. So right. I think we need to choose between the three of us, three concerts to go to together. Oh, okay. dang. I like that. I like it a lot. So, so I'll invite you guys. We'll see if you guys want to come You know, to one of my concerts. Um, since I'm a Seattle guy, I got to roll with Nirvana. I would, I would love to see them. Oh. Not going to happen because we all know why. Um, Led Zeppelin, they're my favorite band of all time. Luckily, there's a new band called Greta Van Fleet who actually sounds a lot like Led Zeppelin, so I can go see them. Um, but I would still love to see Led Zeppelin. And then, man, I don't know. I, I'm just going to roll with Nirvana. We're just going to keep it with Nirvana. I, I would totally go to Nirvana with you. I, I, would I jam that with well. My college All roommate, right. Jared, and I, we jam Nirvana a lot of late nights, a lot of afternoons. That's a that's a phenomenal pick right there. So so one of the shows we're going to is Nirvana. Uh, Lawrence, why don't you give us a few options of who, we, who else we might see? Now, if you are talking about any band in the history of bands, Ever. JMU Dukes? Yeah, you gotta, you gotta go see the Marching Royal Dukes in concert. <laughs> the Family Week and Pops concerts this week, and I hope you guys will all come. <laughs> Who wouldn't kill, whether you you know love this music or not, every music fan would love to be able to say that they were at the Beatles. No, true. They're not everyone's cup of tea. They're not my favorite band. Not even close. It's just one of those that if you're able to go to any concert ever, I feel like the Beatles have to be in there. Yeah, I would the, totally go. The Beatles would be awesome. 
they were like, we, I had my music class in college and it was an elective and we spent probably half the time just talking about the Beatles. <laughs> I mean, they really established just a change of culture when they came over here. I mean, they're just awesome. So, so yeah, I'm totally in for the Beatles. So we're going to Nirvana, uh, probably the Beatles at Shea Stadium, right? Nirvana's probably opening for the Beatles. Okay. And then, all uh, right. To be honest. So I'll get, I'll give you three. Two of them are kind of um, outcasts of their time, I would say. Kind of the rebels of their time. Um, Johnny Cash would be one of mine. Absolutely love Johnny Cash. Um, and then I'm going to go way different from you. I still haven't seen him, and he's not dead. Uh, when I was dealing with my problems, like not having my Xbox available to me, I would just jam his music all the time. Uh, Mr. Eminem, I would love to see Eminem in concert. And then my final one would be Journey with the original singer. I would love to see Journey. Okay. With not the little feel, feel, okay? No, the, the original lineup I, would just be awesome. Uh, so those would be my three. Between you two, I'm not sure which one you'd prefer or if all three of them are out the window, but those would be my all. three. I, I'm totally okay to go to all three of those, to be honest. I like it all. My music selection is very wide. Yeah, I'm, I'm down with any of those as well. So there you go, Mr. Hammond. We would be seeing things all the way from Eminem to Nirvana and then, of course, the Beatles. So that'd be pretty phenomenal. Um, <laughs> we would be we'd be jamming hard. We'd, we'd, we'd probably be traveling all over the country to try to catch all those at random times if they were actually still alive. So, Right. All right, guys. Is Missouri State for real? And I guess I can kind of head this one. It's from Scott Monson. Um, he's a fellow Bison fan. I'm going to say about Missouri State that I have not seen enough from them pretty much ever to say right now that they are for real. Now, they beat Illinois State, which is pro is the main reason why people are, are, are talking them up. Um, they also had a very, very impressive win over Northern Arizona. It was 40-8, to eight, I believe. I mean, just absolutely crushed them. Uh, they went to Oklahoma State and got absolutely destroyed. And they played Lincoln, who's a D2 team, um, at home, winning 52-24. So right now, there are two impressive wins that people really like is the fact that they beat Illinois State at home by three. And um, Illinois State, maybe that's a trap game for them because they're coming off that uh, huge Colorado, Colorado State FBS win. So maybe they're just overlooking Missouri State. I'm not sure. And then uh, Northern Arizona, they crushed them 40 to 8, but we're seeing what's happening to the Lumberjacks. Myself, personally, I am in no way sold on Missouri State. I think they're going to beat teams like Indiana State. I think they'll have a chance against Southern Illinois. Um, but their conference schedule is brutal. Uh, they're going to be going to South Dakota State. Definitely a loss. Uh, North Dakota State, they host us. That's going to be a loss. I don't see them going to Northern Iowa and winning that game. Um, and I think at South Dakota will be tough for them. I think Western Illinois will be tough for them. I would be surprised to see Missouri State finish um, with seven wins. I think six and five is a great year for them, like phenomenal compared to what they've done in the past. Uh, they've really kind of turned things around in comparison to what they've done previous seasons. But I'm not going to put them in as a playoff team. So, no, I would not say they are for real. I think they had a great win for against Illinois State. but. I'm not going to move them around from here. So do you guys have any opinions on Missouri State or do you, do you ever 
have any thoughts that they might be a team coming out of the Valley in the playoffs? I will say I am sold on Missouri State. What? I am sold that Missouri State could absolutely ruin your season if you overlook them. Oh, okay. I agree with you. I, I don't think they are going to go on a tear and, you know, after Southern Illinois on the 27th, they're, you know, I don't think they're going to be 7 and 1. But any team left on the schedule, you know, don't overlook Missouri State or you might get disappointed. That's true. If they go out and they beat like a Northern Iowa at the end, Northern Iowa's playoff hopes are probably dead unless they've run the table and beat NDSU up to that point and South Dakota State and a bunch of other teams. Um, NDSU's hopes for a top two playoff seed, most likely dead if you lose to Missouri State. South Dakota State could have the same thing. So that that's a really good point. Um, Kyler, any opinions yeah. there on the Bears of the Valley here? I'm not sold. I'm loving what they're doing right now. But, I mean, as we saw in the past, Northern Arizona plays really bad on the road, um, especially after a loss. They, they end up playing really bad. You can look up their historic record of what they've done after a loss. They, they normally play really bad the game after. Illinois State, they have the same track record. They started really hot last year, 4-0. Everyone thought they were a top-five team. And we actually had that, you know, question in our group last week. They said, is Illinois State for real? And I said, hold up. This is looking just like what happened last year. And guess what? It happened. Illinois State has, you know, they they overlooked uh, Missouri State. Like Lawrence said, don't look overlook any team in the Valley, even Indiana State. Um, am I sold? No. I don't think they're going to be in the playoffs. Would I love to see them in the playoffs? Absolutely. Would I love to see them spoil someone else's day? Absolutely. I'll be rooting you for you, Missouri State, but I, I don't think much of you yet. And I, I hope, hopefully, that's not too hard. Be rooting for him hard on uh, on November tenth. I'll be rooting for him hard the rest of the season. Well, especially on November. <laughs> in November tenth, if they lose by four or less, they're probably a playoff team. If, if Missouri season. State loses to North Dakota State by four points, they are the third best team in the country. <laughs> no doubt. I would I wouldn't even be mad. I'd be impressed. I'd be very very impressed. Um all right guys, we're going to we're we're not going to start rapid fire yet, but uh this one I want a little bit of discussion on and then after that we'll kick into some uh some quick hit questions. Um I know Kyler has talked about this in the past. Uh Taylor Kalenberg kind of wants to know about the size of conferences across the nation. Um, his question reads exactly that the Big Sky covers most of the western part of the U.S. and has 13 teams. And as you move east, there are more conferences and perhaps more parity or opportunity to reach a postseason. Uh, he wants to know, does this give an advantage or disadvantage to a conference like the Big Sky, given its size? Um, Kyler, I'll have you speak kind of on the Big Sky and then Lawrence, maybe a, a counter talk in terms of how the CAA works. So, Kyler, what about the, the size of the, the Big Sky? Advantage, disadvantage? So I think you have to actually look at it at both. Um, some years you get huge advantages. Um, like NAU, I'll, I'll just go with last year. Northern Arizona last year, they didn't play Weber. Um, they didn't play um, Eastern in conference. They, they didn't play, I think, like three of the top five teams, where Eastern, they played four of the top five teams. They ended up with the same record. Northern Arizona got the bid over Eastern. 
So I, I think it, it sometimes it really helps you. Sometimes it helps you get a playoff seed or a playoff berth if you have a really easy schedule. Um, other times it will hurt you. If you have the toughest schedule and you're playing all the top teams, you might not have a shot where in some of the other conferences you probably do have a shot. So, yeah, I mean, it hurts and it's nice. It just depends on the year. Gotcha. Yeah, I think with, with size and with, like you've talked about, the lower teams maybe bring the conference down because they're so low, but uh, you've got more size to have better teams way up top. So, um, and the big sky certainly has shown that they're capable of being a power three conference. Uh, Lawrence, with the CAA, how do you like the size of, of what you've got going out there? Do you think it's perfect for college football? Would you like to see more teams in it? So the CAA has 12 teams. I don't think we need any more teams, but I don't necessarily think we need any fewer teams. Maybe it's just because that's what I've always had and I've always been used to. Um, you know, I haven't really thought of it as being something weird. Like, yeah, you get your, you know, two or three protected games every year. And, you know, some years you end up not playing Delaware. Some years you end up not playing Stony Brook. You know, the CAA has a weird rotating schedule. Um, this season, 2018, is the first year that Stony Brook has played in Harrisonburg since we expanded uh, our stadium in 2011. Um, you know, last year in the playoffs notwithstanding. Um, so, you know, it's just always the way it's been. So I haven't really thought it was ever weird. I do kind of like the thought of a conference like the Valley. What do you guys have? 10 teams? Uh, we'll have 11 when UND comes in. So yep. do you guys play eight or nine conference games? We play eight conference games and the current rule, uh, I'd have to look at how it's going to change. The current rule is you get a two year break from one team. So right now we're in year one of our two year break with Indiana state. Um, so it, it's kind of weird because when Illinois State met us in the championship in 2014 and they were the two seed the next year in 2015, we didn't see them in regular season play. So it's kind of a, a random timing. But, yeah, that's how it works for us. So, so you know, I can see people saying, like, maybe, you know, maybe a nine-team conference is the ideal because then you've got your team, you've got your eight conference games, you play everyone, you know where you stack up, you know, you don't have to worry about, any tiebreakers if two teams are tied you just take the head to head um so you know that's got its advantages big sky caa has the advantage of you just get to see more teams and it can be you know fun to see teams that um you know if you don't get to play a team every year it's a little more special when they come to see you um so you know both systems have their advantages and disadvantages i personally would like a smaller conference uh nine teams I want to get rid of some of those teams who haven't really amounted much for the big sky. Cause I think they're, they're kind of the reason why our playoff record is the way it is. Cause we're sending teams who sometimes have the easiest schedule and then they get embarrassed. Cause I don't think they deserve to be in the playoffs to begin with. Um, I would love an 18. I'm tired of sharing our titles too. Call me selfish or greedy. I'm tired of sharing our big sky titles to a team who can't beat Richmond. So yeah, it's that is one big disadvantage of that shared titles, and the valley has those too. And I, I've I've been a big proponent, not that anybody's listening to Matthew Frazee on Twitter, of of like getting rid of the shared title if it's possible. Like SDSU beat us in 2017, and um, or was it 2016? 
I believe it was 2016, they came out with just um, one conference loss and we, we shared the title in 2016. And we each had one conference loss and our conference loss was to them. Their conference loss was not to us. And we still shared. And I'm like, you know what? They beat us. So probably it should be theirs. It just makes sense to me how a head-to-head doesn't change it. I know I'm going a little off topic, but I think 12 kind of is that that perfect perfect match made in heaven. A lot of the FBS conferences sit at 12 teams. Um, some of the bigger ones, uh, like the ACC, go up to 14. But I, I think that 12 is a really good number. I, I would like to see the Valley gain one more to get up to that 12 from the 11. Uh, but you want Northern Colorado? What, what, what's that, Kyler? You want Northern Colorado? We'll ship them to you. Yeah, if you pay for shipping, uh, I'm in for that deal. You got to pay for shipping, though. You can have them. No, no, no knock to you, Ben. Um, I just think you'd be a better fit, actually, in the Valley than you would in the Big Sky, to where you're located and your historic games you've had with them. Um, and we just have too many teams. So. Yeah, I, I like Colorado, too. I'd like to visit down there once every year. That'd be awesome. There you go. So, all right, guys, we have talked about just so many things. It's been awesome. Uh, you ready for a little bit of rapid fire to knock out the rest of our uh, question comments we have from our page? Let's do it. All right. Lawrence, this one's for you. If Stony Brook beats Towson this Saturday, should JMU begin to worry about Towson as an end-of-the-year opponent? That's from Darren Fontana. No. <laughs> is Joe Flacco's is a younger brother? Yeah. Is that who it is? Yep. Is, is he elite? Is he elite? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's the thing. It's not – JMU shouldn't worry about Towson, and not because Towson's not a good team. Um, I just think we're seeing that JMU is on a different level. Um, to put things into perspective, JMU, number two, is playing the number nine team in the country, Elon, this week, and JMU is favored by 30 points. <laughs> Um, yeah you know i'm not trying to sound cocky it's just i i don't see a challenger in the caa yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna bounce off it quick and just say no as well i I mean i know delaware is not a real good example but i just think any caa team really coming into the dome outside of jmu I, i just have no nerves about at this point and i wouldn't be worried if i was a jmu fan worried about Towson. So going on to uh, Christopher Johnson's comment here. Uh, this is for you, Lawrence, again. Should Jimmy beeping Moreland, I believe is what I see on Twitter all the time. It's not beeping. You can use your imagination. Mm-hmm. Should Jimmy beeping Moreland win the Heisman Trophy? Absolutely he should. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he has a pick six in every game. That in, man in, should be winning the Heisman. In the last three games. Yeah, he's got a, he's got a three-game streak. Um, of pick sixes against Richmond. He took one 100 yards. It was actually really impressive. Um, he He's not a perfect player. He got burned one or two plays before for, you know, like 40, 50 yards. Turns around, picks it off on the goal line, takes it back through traffic 100 yards for his third pick six in three games. Um, obviously, the Heisman, um, you know, I know Christopher's kidding. Maybe not the Heisman, but... Buck Buchanan, I I think he's getting serious looks there. Yeah, that's that stat line's ridiculous, and he's a freak, especially with Robinson being out. Um, you would think that things would increase in terms of pressure and expectation, and talk about rising to the occasion. Yeah, what what a beast. Um, 
Going on, Mr. Kyler, question for you. Yes, Is the non-conference schedule, referring to Iowa State cancellation, going to bite SDSU in the end? Uh, Eric Walker here is kind of referring to, if, you know, if they got that win, maybe that super boosts them up. Um, but also, I think hypothetically he's saying if they had won because it, it doesn't bite them if they had lost. So let's say they, had beat I- they would have had a chance to beat Iowa State, and let's say they did. Is it going to bite them in the butt not having that game played out all the way? No, um, because as of right now, JMU is dominating their opponents. Um, I wouldn't put South Dakota ahead of JMU, even with that Iowa State and then a North Dakota State loss. So an Iowa State win and a North Dakota State loss, I'd probably still keep SDSU at three. And guess what? In their actual polls, SDSU is at three. At the end of the year, if they are nine and one, they'll probably have a really strong strength of schedule, and I think they would still have a good chance to grab a three seed at the end of the year. So... No, I don't think it's going to hurt them. Nice. Um, Mr. Adam Wiley is curious why he is why he is always tired. Do you guys have any reason why one of our big contributors, Adam, is always tired? Well, he's going to yell at you again. It's Willie. Oh, yeah, it's Willie. Ah, oh, dang. Let you, he already yelled at you before. Uh, I'm just going to say Adam from here on out. He's, I, he's tired of know. people mispronouncing his last name. <laughs> oh, perfect setup. I think he has too many girlfriends, and it's making him tired. That's my. I guess. was gonna say Adam is spending too much time on the page instead of sleeping, and so what I <laughs> that's what a, I need you to do. That's a hundred percent true. So what I need you to do, Adam, is actually sleep less and keep contributing because our page activity is better because of you. So keep it up. Don't worry about being tired. Um, that you've earned the conversation starter badge. I can see on our page. So just keep keep doing what you're doing. Um, I'm going to take this next one, guys. It's Dustin Helton. He's wondering how much he should take for a gambling budget when he's in Vegas this weekend. I had my fantasy football draft at a casino a few weeks ago, me and my buddies. And each of us, because we didn't know how to play, we were taught by our one friend, Brady. We all just took $40 and went to the craps table. We left there combined $3,500 up. So you know what, Dustin? $40 is the, the special number you should bring. You don't need anything more. You'll be riding there high. I walked out with 500 plus. I didn't even know what I was doing. I'm just rolling dice. People are cheering. But it, it, it was awesome. So 40 bucks, Dustin. That's all you need. You guys, any any certain amount you think Dustin needs more than 40 bucks? Yeah, you need 1000 just to get there. Right when you first get in, you put 1000 on red or black. It doesn't matter because you're going to win it. As long as you say go Iwu, and then your budget just went to two grand, and you could do whatever. Then you're good. <laughs> but you need to do that right away. Just put all of your money down on red or black. Say go Iwu, and you should have. A good and you game. should be set. And if you don't, I mean, not my problem. Do you uh, nice. do you like a particular number on that roulette board? I'm a I'm a red seventeen fan myself. I played blackjack, so I'm not actually <laughs> sure. All I do is red or black. <laughs> the green, whatever the green is, if is, Z- if it's even a number. Zero, double zero. Zero. Double zero. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, Dustin also wants to know, guys, real quick: beans or no beans in chili? Myself personally, I hate those beans, so I'm going no for no beans. I actually I thought about this one a great deal when I saw that question, and I mean it really it really stuck with me while I was at work thinking about it. Um, And here's the answer I came up with. 
If you're putting it on a hot dog, no beans. If you're eating it by itself, beans. Oh, and that's how good. I, I'm just not a bean guy like like Matt. So get the beans out, put more meat in it, put a put some bacon in it. I don't care. Um, just no beans for me. Nice, I like that. All right, final final two guys. Um, James Pennington. We'll do we'll do one random, then we'll do back to FCS. Um, James Pennington wants to know: Do you pronounce? And I'm gonna already say it. Do you pronounce syrup? as syrup or syrup and i just gave mine away i go with sir at least that's what we do up here north i say syrup uh what do you guys do uh there in houston and out out on the east coast lawrence is it syrup or syrup i have to agree with you sir ah syrup. yes there you go yeah it's syrup it's syrup everywhere if you say syrup i'm gonna possibly make fun of um, I don't syrup know. shows respect matthew you're actually from canada right <laughs> close <laughs> enough at this point <laughs> just going out to my to my trees and getting some getting some syrup um you just ring out leaves and it's yeah. good. all right guys last one here ending on an fcs note uh matthew scott wants to know outside of ndsu and sdsu who's number three and number four in the missouri valley and in my opinion, which would be the final two playoff teams from the conference, I don't think they get five this year. Um, so NDSU and SDSU, who's your number three and number four outside of them? Uh, Kyler, who do you think? Um, I still think it's going to be Northern Iowa. I'm always high on them every year, and sometimes they disappoint. But I, I think Northern Iowa is a good three. Um, they're a tough team who could pay, play with anyone competitive. And I think Illinois State, even though they just lost to Missouri State, I think they'll bounce back. I think they'll be in the playoffs. Um, so I'm saying Northern Iowa and Illinois State. Yeah, give me the same two. I really can't go out of it. I think if USD maybe turns things on, um, they have a possibility. But but yeah, I like those picks. So uh, to wrap up the final ones, uh, Preston Adams, he wanted to know what's going on in the SoCon. It makes the CAA look like everything is normal. Honestly, I don't think any of us know what's going on in the SoCon. It's just been chaos. Um he also wanted to know what happened to Richmond. They got absolutely destroyed. And let's see, I have the final questions. I think we, we're all good from our conversation here. Um, that pretty much wraps everything up from the questions. Thank you so much to all our members who posted questions, comments, uh, got the threads going. Uh, we're looking forward to another crazy week coming up. Uh, shameless plug time. Kyler, Lawrence, you got anything uh, for to finish this thing off? Um, I don't have anything. I'm actually looking forward to meeting Lawrence here this month. Um, at the Eastern game, he's flying across country, which I think is pretty awesome. So him and I are going to be meeting in Spokane, and we're going to tailgate and show him show him a good time. Hopefully, he's yep. at the time of recording this podcast. That is 23 days away. Nice, perfect. That is going to be awesome. You're going to have a blast. I know my plan is definitely, um, I'm thinking bridge forth next year, but eventually hit all you guys for sure. Um, that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, one thing to say that uh, we haven't said on this podcast before, um, but if you guys, if you're listening, you know, wherever you're listening to this podcast, if you would be so kind as to like and rate our podcast, you know, in the app store, wherever you listen to it, um, help us, you know, increase our visibility. And, uh, you know, keep bringing you great content. 
Yep, and as always, uh, make sure you join the FCS Fans Nation page if you aren't a part of it and you've just found stumbled upon this. It's on Facebook, it's on Twitter, it's on Instagram. Facebook is the biggest spot, 6,500 members and growing. It's the best place to talk FCS football on the internet. Our founder, Wyatt Cook, has done a phenomenal job, and we will continue to be all about the fans and continue to be all about the conversation of FCS football. So anything for last measure, boys? I got nothing. I would say one more thing, if because I actually got a couple questions um, this week from some some of the people like Brendan asking about is there any other FCS podcasts to listen to? Because um, a lot of people like listening to different ones, so you get some opinions not just from us. Um, go to our FCS Fans Nation page, um, fcsfansnation.com. Click under podcasts. We have recommended ones. If you guys are listening to one that you think is really awesome and it's not on our recommended. Please reach out to us. Um, we would love to listen to them too and reach out to them and see if you know they wouldn't mind, you know, us putting them on our page for recommended podcasts. But see if they want some that's free all advertisement. Free advertisement, yes. Free ads, yep, absolutely. It's a big community, the FCS um, community, and it's just it's fun to be a part of. So, um, besides that, thanks for listening, guys. Enjoy the rest of your week. Get ready for another rowdy Saturday. And I'm looking forward to the chaos next week. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a good one.